Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 182, Worth Cultivating Part 3, Wisdom. Wisdom, in my mind, is simply a form of practical intelligence, the foundation of which is grounded in a variety of experiences and the lessons they offer. While often examined through the lens of philosophy and religion, psychologists have now chimed in with their opinions about what constitutes wisdom. A recent Psychology Today article purported that wise folks have five characteristics. They self-regulate their emotions. They act, decide, and counsel mindful of the well-being of all involved. And they recognize patterns where the past may offer useful info. Finally, they adapt to their environment, shape it, or change it completely. And they make the best of disappointing situations. I agree with all of that as a good start for understanding what makes wise people wise. I might phrase things a bit differently in terms of many of the issues discussed in these podcasts. Emotional fluency, being grounded and connected to self and others, finding the gift within the wound, wielding skillfully creativity and intentionality, and living in gratitude could constitute my initial five attributes. I've always loved the concept of rules of thumb, an expression that alludes to making rough estimates of measurements by using one's thumb a generally accepted guideline, policy, or method of doing something based on practice rather than facts or theory. There are many of them about creating financial security and living a good life. I'm more drawn to the practical, less theoretical ones. On average, each person needs a gallon of fluid a day, some of which comes from food. The shallower the water, the faster you move your bait to catch a fish. Measure twice and cut once. Never loan a friend more money than you can afford to give away. Cook a fish 10 minutes for every inch of thickness. A healthy portion of meat is the size of a deck of playing cards. Don't drink water downstream from the herd. People don't laugh when they're tickled unless they trust the tickler. Can't remember the last time I was tickled. You can live three seconds without blood, three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Most effective CPR, cardiopulmonary compressions rate, is achieved by singing silently the song, Stayin' Alive, Stayin' Alive, Ah, Ha, 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 Stayin' Alive, Stayin' Alive. Recite your ABCs to properly wash your hands. For long trips, plan on at least two pounds of food per person per day. One elephant provides the same amount of meat as 100 antelopes. If you're going to drive home from a party, don't have more than one drink per hour. The first joint of your thumb measures about an inch, your foot measures about a foot, and your pace measures about a yard. The distance between your fingertips with your arms outstretched at shoulder height is equal to your height. Make a circle with your thumb and finger and hold it at arm's length away from you. Then, with both eyes open, look at a distant object through that circle. Without moving your hand, first close one eye and then the other. Whichever eye keeps the object within the circle is your dominant eye. Good to know. Rules of thumb come in particularly handy when dealing with animals, many of whom will offer warning signals. The rattle of the snake, false elephant charge, growling of the seal, barking dog, head down, ears back, huffing bear. Staring at or teeth bearing can be considered by animals and sometimes humans, to be an act of aggression. 
When meeting a strange dog, present him with the back of your closed hand to sniff. Don't show him your fingers. They're threatening. If a dog is charging you and barking, it's merely defending territory and will not bite. A dog that is charging and not barking is attacking you. Zigzag to outrun a crocodile. Stay calm, look big, and talk softly to a black bear, slowly moving sideways in a way. If escape is not possible, fight back vigorously against an attacking black bear, aiming for the face with whatever object you have available. Although wisdom operates within a given social context, it obviously has cross-cultural value and significance. It's a given, for example, that in any society, the ruling class tries to divide the people so they're in conflict with each other, oblivious to who is pulling the strings. As George Carlin so aptly said, we are led to feel free by the exercise of meaningless choices. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. If a cynic is a disappointed idealist in disguise, then I acknowledge that I too have, to a certain extent, been bought off by toys and gizmos and followed the rules more than my inner guidance and intuition would have preferred. At this point, relying on whatever wisdom I have accumulated, including many poignant rules of thumb, I like to believe that I operate and navigate my world with a bit more freedom and self-reliance than earlier times in my life. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Still quite useful. Wisdom also certainly contributes to the centuries-old human balancing act, wherein I strive to find my unique sweet spots in terms of time alone versus in community, being satisfied with what is, and intending, imagining more, better, different, balancing between having, being, and doing, service to others and the planet versus savoring my own passions, making my inner and outer lives more congruent, living my highest cherished values each day. I think a lot about my years of Aikido training when I consider wisdom, so many body-based lessons there, including blending with situations first before attempting to change them, and doing as little as possible yet as much as necessary. Minimal effort, maximum effect. What does your personal wisdom treasure house look like? As always, thanks for listening, and friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.